Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Uh, okay, so it's kickstart on, was it Monday or Tuesday? I don't know when we get this episode out, but I'll say this yes. about it. It's the Hurricane Hillary special edition. Sure. <laughs> we're like those crews from SCE. We, uh, we're still getting it out to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, you might lose. See, it's so funny because like the, out of all the utility companies, the only one that said anything to me was like four days ago. It was, it was Spectrum going, ah, you might lose service. And I'm like, well, Edison doesn't want to you know, get involved in this oh, conversation. I got a heads up for Edison like Saturday morning, I think. Well, yeah, but I so did I. But an hour after you said something to me is when I got it. Ah. And I'm like, what the fuck? But I, but but two days before, yeah, but two days before that, I, it was Spectrum, and I'm like, ironically, I never lost power, but I lost Spectrum. Do you think that Spectrum planned it? That's why they're letting you know. I four days just early. think they were just being dicks. <laughs> Plan planned out it. Oh, hey man, we have to throttle because everybody will be, you know, everyone will be at home and. We won't be able to, you know, the breakdown, they'll yeah. be, they'll be getting us. I think to charge them. That's what happened too. I, I, it was there. The signal was there, but you can tell it was like, you, you, you see the speeds and you're like going, man, I get faster than on my cell. Yeah, you do. And you did. I think they just kept it going. So they could say that there wasn't an outage. Sure. And, or, but they have to, the, and, and not everybody has this because since, you know, everybody basically has adopted their cell phone as their their main phone. I'm not saying everybody's got a landline for some people still have landlines, but they're not like the traditional landline. They're usually hooked up to like AT&T through their whole digital package or spectrum's got a phone to the thing too. So when they do that, you have to have some signal going in there. Otherwise people have nothing. They have, that's not even, I just a, have one of those army field phones. I just wind that fucker <laughs> up when I need to use it. <laughs> when I left my mom's last week, I made to make sure she had a, this old Sony handset, because she still has a landline, like a legit landline, nothing like through Spectrum or AT&T, like I was just describing. It's just a straight up landline. I think it's Verizon too. So I'm like, all right, well, whatever the fuck. As long as it works, I don't give a shit. So it's the, it's those things are awesome because uh, during earthquakes, they just ring. Like, you know, even if there's, uh, if the line, I remember one in Northridge, that was the one thing that drove me crazy. Like the big earthquake happened, right? right. And our goddamn landline, because we had like, you know, the old wall mount rotary phone on the wall in our right. apartment. And that motherfucker just wouldn't stop ringing. We had, I had to rip it off the wall. Wait, you had a rotary phone in 94? Yeah. Holy <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I came with the apartment. Good God, dude. I, could, I wouldn't be able to deal with that shit. I mean, we had every, you know, it's funny because there were four people lived in the. Oh. You clicked out. You just dropped out. What the fuck? I'm seeing you bouncing around Chrome, but I can't hear you on my end. You're not hitting the roadcaster. Hold on. What the fuck happened? Like, I can see you bouncing up and down on inside of Chrome. What the shit? There was like this noise and then I lost you. Um, hold on. Let me try stopping down. What the fuck? Sorry, sorry. Start over. Start over again. I'm recording again. Fucking no. piece of shit. So yeah. So, so four roommates. So four roommates. Everybody. Every, we had a rotary phone in the kitchen, like in the you know in the main. It, it was we had the little bar there, and there was a rotary phone, and it was there when we moved in. It was yellow, and we used to call it the pig phone because it had the you know somebody had drawn nostrils on the uh, center punch where the you know you're supposed to write your phone number. <laughs> somebody had drawn a pig nose, so we just called it the pig, and we just left it there, and. uh 
you know, it, it worked. So we just would let it ring. Like when people would call, you know, it was funny. People were like, oh my God, your phone works. But when the earthquake happened, the motherfucker, <laughs> when I wouldn't stop ringing, mm-hmm. there was no power anywhere, but somehow that fucking phone just kept ringing. And, you know, in the midst of the darkness and trying to, you know, get in and, and moving around through all the fucking destroyed furniture and shit, trying to find, and I knew where the phone was. I'd been to it a hundred times. I'd answered it. We'd lived there for a year and I'd answered it probably a hundred times. Could not fucking locate that ringing son of a bitch. Finally, I just smashed it and knocked it off the wall and it never, and and we were able to move back in, but we never, uh, the phone just was never the same. Wow. It it didn't work after it's, uh, after getting beaten up like that. Ass beating. It's funny because everybody had a uh, their own like hand, you know, hands free or what do you want to call it? Remote phone that you could walk around with, which were all the rage in 1994. They had a built in answer machine that would yeah. stop working after three months. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what my mom has. Huh. She has wow. that. And, she, and then she has the landline. She has the, the, the hardwire there too. I actually just bought her a new one. I bought her a new one that's got. Uh, just so she has four, okay, four, so four handsets. But the cool thing about it is you can hook up your cell phone through the base. So she's able to take all of her calls through her landline. Interesting. Yeah. So, and there it, you go. but dude, it's the, the sound quality is night and day when you're running it through those handsets. Well, that's kind of cool. Hey, so, you, so speaking of, uh, 1994 and earthquakes, <laughs> God, like, like our, uh, our, all, all of our Hurricane Hillary coming through wasn't enough, man. We had to throw a fucking earthquake in there, too. Yeah, that was interesting. California is how we won up Florida and fucking Louisiana. Well, the irony is that is this. Don't we always say our terms hurricane like we're always mocking the people who live in a hurricane alley or the fuck they call it? The tornado. I mean, yeah, the yeah. hurricane corridor. Yeah, whatever the fuck. We, yeah, it was like, oh, I'll take the, the, the not knowing of when when the earthquake is coming and sure enough we get an earthquake while we're getting our hurricane that we never get eh, it was fine I, I felt bad for a lot of people because it really I mean it rained a lot here and it was you know, flooded up to the top of the curb for most part I'll post a video of it in the uh, on Patreon but it was like not a big deal but I felt bad for some of the areas because like North Hollywood got was all kinds of fucked that you know our drainage system in, in this town is garbage and uh, I've just felt about all the displaced people too right now. If I, could, I mean, dude, I, I've been in other cities. I mean, it, it, it's as garbage as every other city as far as drainage goes. I mean, it's just really there's nowhere to when water comes that fast. There's really nowhere. No, nobody has a good system. Just saying. I, okay, so when I'm going to work, I'm you know scooting south by southbound on the five. You know, just as we're leaving. Santa Clarita and merging with the 14, right? That whole bit, that's their, what, how much is that product supposed to be? That whole $5 billion or some bullshit, right? It doesn't drain. They literally just built the motherfucker in the last year and a half, two years, and they're still built working on it, but it doesn't drain for shit. So if you're ever in town- You know why? <laughs> yeah, I know why. Go ahead. <laughs> it never rains in Southern California. Yeah. asked Rafael Sadiq. Yeah. <laughs> It never rains here. It never rains here. And then when it does rain here, everyone's like, oh, they fucking lose their fucking shit. Yeah, I don't understand why people are going to lose their minds about it. It's not a big fucking deal. I, I, you see so many people bitching and moaning about it, but then there's just as many people driving like dumb fucks. Mm-hmm. 
see all those people on the news standing standing on the bank of the fucking LA River in Glendale trying to get selfies in front of the fucking rushing water. Oh, oh no, oh no, it's even better is like when there's water floating around the streets and they're and they're playing in it. Holy fuck, do you know what's in that water? God damn yes. it. All the hepatitis you could get. All, every all four of them. We forget about the pee and the poo that would that would like interestingly right to right the forefront of your mind go, oh gross. It's like, you know, you got an open sore, you're fucked. You just, I mean, <laughs> you're just stupid. Like I said, it's a hepatitis special, man. It's so gross. It is. It's fucking terrible. It's like fucking surfing in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, anybody. Dude, that's so fucking accurate. It's not even funny. <laughs> that's the part that's in that. Well, I know. That's what's that's what's so great about me laughing about it going, uh, and if, if you know, you know, because it's fucking awful. Right. <laughs> I ain't lying. I haven't gone out in 28 years, but it's I was still in my teens the last time I was surfing anywhere near Venice. <laughs> Once is all it takes, really, no matter how much you miss going out. <laughs> Once is all it takes. Yeah, man, you don't need, yeah, there's no, yep. I can't imagine what it's like 40 years later. It's so gross. Good Lord. Ugh. The last time I was, I walked out just to look and see, and I counted. I was like, there's six people who won't make it to 45. <laughs> I, was, I know it's grim, but you know, that's how my mind works sometimes, Corey. Because <laughs> they were all probably under 25. Um, I remember going out, I remember one day we, uh, I think, I didn't even think I was serving that day. I think I was just, you know, I, I took out my bodyboard and I say bodyboard, people are like, what the a bodyboard? It's like, it's people more familiar with the phrasing and the generic use of the word, uh, you know, or the words boogie board as being, boogie. you know, kind of like clean excess facial tissue. But I had, um, I had a turbo board from a shop that's in, I don't know if they're even around anymore. They were in Hawaii. And the great thing about their boards were you could actually, um, they had hard bottoms on, on them. They were still foam on top, and but they had this latex. What kind of, you, you're the materials guy. What's that kind of latex they put over foam like that? It's it's still kind of hard to punch through your nail. I figure it's just a kind of rubberized. Neoprene? Yeah. And, and, oh, no, I don't. But it's kind of, like, but it's almost like it's, oh, it's almost like it's dipped in it. Oh, yeah. They, well, it's called Plasti Dip. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So they had that. And on the bottom, it was just traditional plastic like you see in a Rubbermaid tub, but it was much thicker than that. But what was cool is that you can actually put in fins on the bottom and they locked in. It wasn't like where you had to take on a traditional right. boogie board. You had to punch holes in it and ruin your board if you didn't want to have fins anymore. So that was that was great because and there was four slots in it. So but you know in Southern California you didn't need more than two, so it was fine. No need to have any quad fins unless you're even she quad fins on a snow on a surfboard was silly in this town, but whatever. Um, but that was the last time I, I kind of went out. It was like around ninety three, and that night I went to El Capitan and saw the Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's funny how it kind of jarred this memory because it's having its thirtieth anniversary later on this year. The 4K comes out this week for that. And I thought it was funny because Nightmare Before Christmas always had this thing where it wasn't as big as it should have been. And, and Disney really never really looked at it. It's a wonderful life of Halloween films. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right? Like, I remember it was like a kind of a big flop. Um, right. But then, like, every year since, it's become like, it's synonymous with Halloween, right? right. I mean. There's not a year that's gone by where it hasn't been screened like a hundred times. 
and it has that thing where it goes past October. It goes all the way to the end of the year because it's Christmas movie too. So mm-hmm. it has a nice big window. And yeah. everybody that knows Disney does what they do to the Haunted Mansion. They what do they call it? Um, haunted Holiday is what they call it. Yeah. So it's still 4K for that. But anyway, to get back to that, what I was saying was Disney never really knew what they had. I mean, they're the, the kings and that's just saying the kings. They're the royalty when it comes to merchandising their their products. And it always blew me away that that was something that they just kept screwing up on. And then when it started building, building up, Hillian, you know, even at the 10-year point of being around, so you get to 2003, like, I was surprised at the lack of merch for it. Like you said, it became synonymous with a three-month period in the year where people are watching in October all the way through to the end of the year. Dude, I, f- I feel like I didn't see it. I did not see it on uh, its original release because I feel like I was working, I, but I was aware of it because I was working on Ed Wood right. that summer. And it was every, that's all everybody talked about. But then it came out and I remember it was, you know, and it was, I think it was, I think it was his film, but he didn't, did, did Burton direct it? No. No, he just produced it. Right. 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 Because it, I remember there was a whole thing that it was, because it, it, uh, it followed in the, I guess in the, it came out after, um, Scissorhands, right? Yeah. But I remember not seeing it, but then the next year I remember going out on Halloween. Was it on Halloween? Maybe it was a couple of nights before Halloween, but that's the first night I saw it was probably a year. There was second, you know, 94, right. um, you know, with some friends who had, who had seen it the year before. And, you know, they're, they're probably still going to see it this Halloween with their grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough. It's solid. So, so that, that's always been the misconception. So you're, you're talking about Tim Burton, that he directed this and he produced it. And it's based on all of his designs and he boarded the whole movie and everything like that. So, that's why people automatically go there. And that's a fair assessment to, to think that because if you've seen any of his art, it's 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 not a stretch to think that he was the one that directed it. Well, too. it's also titled Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. But in the same no, way. I mean, but usually. Yeah. You would, you know, I mean, I, I kind of knew it like I just caught myself because I, I did know it. But I mean, if you didn't know, it would be like, you know, if. When you think of Jaws, it's like Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like the, it's not Zanuck and Brown's Jaws, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you don't put the, so you don't put the producer usually. Right. But I mean. Right. Now, Henry Selleck directed it and as well as James and the Giant Peach a short while after that. Which is dope. Yeah. And Coraline as well. I can't forget Coraline, which uh, had that reissue last year for its anniversary. Yeah, and there's like I mentioned on another episode where there is a Disney sh- a show about about props and everything like that, and they did a whole Christmas uh, Nightmare Before Christmas one that's really good. And they go to Chris Sarandon's place and they talk to uh, and they go to Danny Elfman as well. Unfortunately, um, they didn't get a chance to go to Paul Rubin's place, which would have been kind of a fun little thing to throw out there. But okay, Henry Selleck's not dead. Yeah. Okay. So I, okay, he. <laughs> Okay, so that's fine. I didn't. I wasn't sure. That's why I was questioning it. If if he had passed, because it wouldn't make it. I was like, wait, didn't I just? What did I see him doing then? Right. Well, I think you're remembering. He. I think he did a lot. He did something a few years ago. He did the James and the Giant Peach. Uh, I remember. The, I remember they screened it here right. um, in L.A. And right. I think he was there. Do you, do you, I mean, do you know last week though that you know, Coraline had a theatrical release? Like I said, we were mentioning tying it into an anniversary. It made five million bucks in box office receipts in two days. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't remember it being a massive release when it came out. It's another one of those things like when Disney used to re-release shit all the time, I still felt like 10 at the 10 year anniversary. Actually, you know what? I think they did do that. I think Disney finally got around to releasing like a 20th anniversary thing. Uh, like 10th anniversary, excuse me. But yeah, unfortunately, the Coraline thing was a fathom event thinking, you know, how those are fucking, it's always, always digital, it's always <laughs> digital and, the, and you always hear people complain about uh, the aspect ratio was off. Like when they did Jaws a few years ago, uh, it, yeah, it was, it and, was like, and they're it, weird. Yeah. The, yeah. the whole thing is weird, like to me, like the Fathom event. Yeah. I went to one one. I, I feel like it's weird. I don't know. There, uh, I went to a lot. It was a live event that was happening uh, maybe in New York. And there was a, just a bunch of weirdos showed up to, to right. the Fathom event in, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was in Northridge. I was in a theater in Northridge. <laughs> I don't know. It was just weird, man. Also wanted to point out too, that along with, that the uh, the re-release of on 4K uh, for Nightmare. There's actually a new a, a new book to go along with it. So it's beyond Halloween Town. It's actually kind of cool. Very similar to the book that came out with, about Disney princesses a few years ago called Beyond the Tiara. Same kind of vibe. So it's, there's big recognition about this movie. So it's kind of cool, right? What you're probably remembering about Henry Selick before we get off of that thing is Wendell and Wild. Came out last year. Oh, that's Netflix. Yeah, that's why he was. That, that's fresh why he's in fresh in your memory. Noggin. Yeah. Anyway, so at the same time, uh, did we completely ignore Paul Rubens when we? Because I think we talked about freaking, but we never talked about Paul Rubens. Well, I was going to bring up Paul Rubens because there's a tribute to Paul Rubens. Uh, a four film uh, American Cinematheque. Our pals there are doing a four film series uh, saluting the career of Paul Rubens. What are they showing? What are they showing besides the, first, the obvious two? They're showing Matilda, mm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Big Top Pee Wee, and Mystery Man. Fuck yes. So that's your four Pee Wee Herman films in the Paul Rubens four film marathon. Uh, and mm. that is September 2nd at the Arrow, you know, in. Yeah, if there's anything, if there's ever anything that would maybe drive to the arrow, maybe that's it. Oh, shit. Fucking arrow. Or that or speed. Sure. Well, that's not it. That speed is at the. LF3. I know. I know. It's just the same email. So I'm just. Well, dude, I'm, I'm just, I was going to go. The, the, the people at American Cinematheque are lighting up this, you know, in the next three weeks, dude. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to rattle it off real quick. I'm going to give them all to you. So this Friday, we got uh, 12 Angry Men, the original, Sydney right. Mets, 12 Angry Men. Mm-hmm. On the 10th, uh, we have Out of the Past, Robert Mitchum, Kirk Douglas, and the lovely Jane Greer. That that is the movie Jacques Tourneur's film that uh, my one of my favorite movies against all odds is a remake of, <laughs> but um, but this is going to be great because there's a book signing uh, at one o'clock. There is a ninety minute lecture about the film and its importance in the noir movement, and then the screenings at three thirty, um, and that's on the tenth of September at the Arrow. But I mean, they are just going out of control this month. I mean. The Cinematic Void's got some stuff going on there. The Boston Strangler, the Brinks job, the town and Blown Away, which I think we talked about not too long ago for some reason. Didn't we? Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones. We talked about it during um, Good Number Two when we were talking about U.S. Marshals. So watch local L.A. public transit. There's a little series there at the Los Feliz 3 featuring Speed, The Italian Job, Reflections of Evil, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
We should do speed. You know that? We should do speed. We uh, One of these days, we keep saying we're going to do it. Also, at the Los Feliz 3, on the 2nd of September, and on the 3rd of September, is um, Glenn Gray, Glenn Ross, James Foley's uh, filmed version of the Mammoth play, which everybody, you know, everybody quotes it. What's the quote, Corey? Give it to me. Which quote? No. Which one do you think? ABC, baby. Always be closing. Closers get coffee. Coffee's for closers. I like cookies. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Always be cookies. Always be cookies. Always be cooking. Cooking. Always be cooking. Cooking's for closers. It also, man, Los Feliz Street's lighting up because uh, on the 3rd of September at 1 p.m., uh, you're getting Place in the Sun. Matt Whoa. Pinfield presents A Place in the Sun with Montgomery Clift and the beautiful Elizabeth Taylor and the tragic... Shelly Winters, yeah, as the uh, the poor the poor dude, and you know who shows up in that movie because I just watched it. I didn't, I never put it together. You know who the attorney that's um, that's presiding over the case? He's he's uh, against Clift. It's Raymond Burr. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, man, and that, that's got to be pre. It has to predate Perry Mason. <laughs> I would say so. Because there's a scene, he's standing in the courtroom with an oar, and he's smashing, he's like showing how, how you smashed her with the oar. I was like, holy shit. Or... That's Perry Mason. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they're blowing it up over there. Um, I mean, the band played on is going to be uh, there this week, or this month, class of 84. And there's just a mm. lot going on in American Cinematheque. You know, and we always say we're going to, we always, we always bring this up after shit's played. So like now I'm giving you guys lots of warning. Go to the American Cinematheque website, check it out, buy your tickets now because they go real fast. That American Gigolo thing, dude, yeah. was literally okay. Packed. Now I need to say this too. The the new Bev September's calendar came out a few days oh, ago. Dude, it's sick. <laughs> it's like every time you look at stuff and go, oh I'm fucked. I can't go to any of that stuff. And I'm like, so now I'm so we were talking about, uh, you were so funny about it <laughs> when I was like, I don't want to say which movie I'm going to go see because I don't want people bothering me while I'm at the movie. I'm kidding. Because like when you guys went and saw Seven, it was a two o'clock matinee. Yeah, totally. Uh, which is- On a Friday. On a Friday. And that's, yep. I dig that because, you know, people take long lunches and all that fun stuff, right? But in September- there, there's some decent ones. They're, they're, they're showing howls on, on a, for matinees and stuff. But the matinee Fridays, that's the, that's the key one, right? So they're doing Lost in Translation and a handful of other ones that fit, you know, doing Conan over a weekend, opening weekend of September, the one. So we've already, we're already into that whole messing with AC's programming. But midnight, Saturday the 2nd. When I say midnight, I mean 11.59 Saturday, not, not midnight the third on Sunday. Yeah, don't show up Sunday at midnight. You'll have missed it. Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. We've been talking about that motherfucking movie to do it on the show. And we all said that when the time came and that thing was playing, oh, I don't know if the new Bev, hell, we'd even go to the Arrow to go see it. That's correct. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, that's that's when Freddie's writing his, his REMs are kicking in at 11.59 on a Saturday night. That's correct. That also is correct. <laughs> So I'm probably going to go to that, possibly Sergio. So we could have a little bit of a, a pseudo uh, karate in the garage meetup. But if you but if you see me there, come say hi because this is I don't think I've seen Ghost Dog in the theater since. Dude, I saw it. it yeah, I saw it at the newer like the first, I didn't even know anything about it really except for it was Jarmish. That's all I knew. 
And yeah. I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm excited to see it. Uh, one more quick thing. This Saturday, if you're looking for something fun to do at the Los Feliz 3, is the 30th anniversary screening of CB4, Tamara Davis's uh, CB4, which I love. I think it's low cash. <laughs> Dude, it's one of the it's 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 one of the best um, mockumentary. Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's it's such a it's such a fun movie, uh, and it's so smart. Um, and she's going to be there in person to introduce the film, and I'm yeah. I'm going to guess uh, you know do some Q and A afterwards. But um, like I said, you know these guys are just lighting it up over at Cinematech. Um, and I w- as much as I'd love to see Ghost Dog, I'd, I'd much rather see it. I got a Friday afternoon. That's what I had said in the text. Yes. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at. Just so I can round things out. Lost in translation on the first Friday, the first, as far as like the, 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 uh, the early day stuff. Okay. Now I gotta say it's depressing shit that they're, that they're running. I I still think you should call it fuck Friday when they're doing their matinees, you know, or uh mopey, mopey matinee or something. Cause like, come on, what, what is, what do these movies have in common? Does these are them in order? Lost in Translation, <laughs> Goodwill Hunting, mm. <laughs> right? Um, Fargo. <laughs> so, uh, what was the last one? Oh, and her. Okay, I've talked about her, right? I talked about on the show. I would say, because you know what they all have in common. I was gonna. You were almost. You were. You were. You were, you were there, and then uh, unfortunately, I've seen Fargo. I was gonna say uh, they're all films I've never seen, and then almost famous. On the 29th, because there's five Fridays this month. Hey, oh, if, there, God. if there's five Fridays in September, do we have five movie episodes? Possibly. Huh. Sounds like it. Wow. And Almost Famous won't be one of them. <laughs> it will not. You know why? <laughs> because it because I hate the, it. Because it doesn't fit the theme. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I don't know what theme that fits. Um, uh, movies I don't care to see more than once. Movies I've seen once in, is pun me. One, one and done. <laughs> the one and done movie series. The one series. and done movies. So we'll just talk about movies. We won't, watch, we won't watch them. We'll just talk about them from have, our memories. We can't have a one and done month if we don't want to watch them again. Right. Well, we can. We just don't watch them again. We just talk about them. <laughs> one and done. One and done. But seriously, I'll put them in the show notes. If you guys happen to be out in LA in September, again, you can't go wrong because they're a good ch- Here's the thing that's funny because- you, you hear about some of the film fans here in town, though they'll hit all these things. They'll literally spend their Saturday or their Sunday going from theater to theater. They'll go from the Arrow to Pasadena, back to New Bev. They'll, they'll go see like four movies in one day yep. at four different venues. And like, oh man, movies, are, movies aren't that expensive, but all that driving around in Los Angeles on a Saturday? Parking. Fuck that. Yeah, Dude, seriously. Uh, yeah. When I saw Gigolo, I had, I mean, I had to park, uh, I don't know, fucking five, it, it was a 12 minute walk from where I parked to the theater. Right. That's the thing. I didn't drive when we went to go see, see South of Heaven because I'm like, I knew parking was going to blow. So I'm like, we need to take your tiny car. I don't want to. Well, we did find it. We actually parked much closer than, than I had to park the other day, which was weird because just, just a heads up. If you're going to the Los Feliz three on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, there's a shit ton of uh, construction. The roads are all torn up over there. And you know, so there's a lot of parking places that aren't available. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. It's almost like going to the arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shit. Oh, and there are some rad other midnight movies going on at New Beverly, including, including Silent Hill. 
Is that a midnight show? Um, that's a midnight show. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. There's no way it's not. Dude, that is a movie I thoroughly enjoyed. Did they ever make a sequel to that? Um, yeah, they did. No, I never saw it, but I did like the first one. Yeah. And should, I should, it's interesting of, of note is that Roger Avery did the adaptation. He wrote the screenplay for it. And, uh, it's interesting because Quentin and, and Roger, you know, they had their falling out. And if you, if you know better, you know, they've mended the, the fence, so to speak. And, and they have their own podcast together and all that fun stuff called, uh, video archives. <laughs> but I, I find it interesting that he had that, that Quentin happened to have Silent Hill on film. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't recall. I, I, cause I think when that came out, I think that was, I think he already had, I think they were still kind of on the outs with each other. Uh, I, that I can't be at the top of my head. I'm just kind of missing me, but he doesn't have a copy of Killing Zoe. I've never seen him play Dude, that. I was just going to ask you. So, what do you what, what what is your hot take on Killing Zoe? Like or hate? I can. I'll say this. I like it better than probably any of the last four Quentin movies. I was going to say I am probably in the. Uh, I, I mean, look, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it. I want to say I saw it at the New Beverly, but long before Quentin owned it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it there or I saw it at the, what was the other, uh, what was the other theater? The one that was over closer to the farmer's market on, um, off Santa Monica. You remember, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like you crossed La Brea there's there's a theater there. Not on, it's not Santa Monica. It's up past, past Cantor's. The, uh, the inter- it's on, maybe it was Melrose and La Brea, somewhere over that way, you know, it was right on the right-hand side as I you think crossed it, over. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was Beverly and... Or it's Fairfax. Fairfax and Beverly, wasn't yes. it? Fairfax and Beverly, you're yeah. correct. Yep. I think I saw Killing Zoe there is where I saw it. I mean, but dude, that, that is a movie that I feel like doesn't get its fair shake, man, you know. When you, when you said Roger Avery, it literally is the first thing that it's the first thing that pops into my mind when I hear his name. Isn't that weird? Even like Pulp Fiction, none of that. It's Killing Zoe. I can't believe there's not a Blu-ray of Killing Zoe. Well, I guess I can. It's still that shitty artisan DVD, which I think I probably have in a box if I haven't given it away by now. <laughs> it's just not, it's not good. I don't, I don't even think it's, because I don't think it's in the proper, I think it's a, no, I think it's four by three. I don't think I've ever seen it come out on, on disc. Not properly. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's VHS, and I think it was Laserdisc at one point. That was oh, it. No, it, it. It's on DVD. Oh, it is? It is, yeah. But is uh, it bootleg? Artisan, Artisan put it out. Oh, like, shit. Well, then yeah. you said it's, Artisan, it's, but it wasn't, it wasn't clicking with me. Yeah, it's one of those Artisan DVDs, and, and I want to say I want to say it's 4 by 3 I don't I don't think it's... It's certainly not... Is it? Let me see. Am I a liar here? No, it's one eight five. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember having, I bought it and it was like no frills at all. And I, re- I remember being like happy to have, to be able to watch the movie, but I was just like, ah, they got to do better. And they still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I bought it in 2000. Jeez. Mm. I didn't know, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize he had actually written the uh, screenplay for Silent Hill. Yeah. That was, that was the first thing he had done away from. Yeah, it's funny, man. I feel like there's, you know, I don't know if we could locate. I mean, it's a movie I would love to cover just to talk about it because we're I'm already getting excited about talking about it now. But it's too hard to see. It's not streaming anywhere on the planet that I can see. Um, but dude, I could, no. I could, I could, I bet we could cobble together a month of stuff like this. I can give you two right now that could go with it: All True right. Romance and Love in a Forty Five. 
Hey, go. Hey, I'm going to throw a bunch of titles out there. You can figure out where they're being released, but most of them are Kino. New release of Coma, Hardcore, Pretty Baby, American Pop is being released. And the Bakshi uh, movie that that I wish more people would see. Uh, what else is thrown? I'm going to throw some, other thoughts, some more thing out there. What was the other title? Damn it, it's blanking on me now. Oh, as far as, as, far as like new titles. This kind of got gobbled up, and I, I get got good word of mouth, but the blackening is coming out today, if you're listening to this on the 22nd. I have not seen it yet, but everybody I've talked to has seen it says it's super... Right. Super entertaining, and it knows what it is. It knows... Sync was, didn't it? Yeah, right, exactly. Because we, we, we did we, talk about it during, uh, at one point, maybe I'm in the line, maybe on a Kickstart. Yeah, I think I think it's when we were doing a Kickstart and we're just saying, "Hey, Sinkwell's got this movie coming out." And but Tom saw it. Tom, like Tom, who I trust because he's very picky. No, sure, not, he not, hates everything. He hates everything. He's like me, like you. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why we do a podcast together. How we think alike a lot of times. Doing. Yeah, because we're cousins, identical cousins. Is that from Step Brothers? No, because we're cousin, cousins identical cousins. Come on, dude. I was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but you always make stepbrother references, which I don't know because I've never seen it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so kickstart, damn it. Yeah, there you uh, have it. So there you go. Mm. So if you want to follow us on the socials, believe it or not, it's still called X. It's Twitter. By the way, it doesn't say when you go to retweet, it doesn't say retweet anymore. It says repost. I'm like, yeah. why, would, why would you fucking change that? And you fucking... Idiot. Right, like the well, you know. I guess you got to make it your own. You got to, like, you know, you got to put your stank on it. Yeah, he says he's got he's got plenty of stank <laughs> on it. That's what I'm saying. He's putting his stank on it. Yeah, man. I, you know, I've never wanted Mark Wahlberg to beat some. Not Mark. <laughs> Mark, Mark I'd like Mark Wahlberg to beat. Up I want Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg to beat his ass. <laughs> both. I like Mark Wahlberg to fight them both <laughs> in an MMA fight. Um, yeah, we should, man. No, we should have Donnie Wahlberg do it because he's not busy doing anything. Well, shit, neither is, so neither is Mark. Mark's not doing anything right now. No one's doing anything right now. Nobody's doing anything, man, except for walking around with signs in their hands. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, at Karate Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can follow Corey on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp. And on Insta, it's Culprit97. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram. Or you could follow me at KillingZo on Letterboxd.com. That's KillingZo at Letterboxd.com. Bing. Hey, did we talk about the fact that we pulled an audible? No. No? Should we? Because that's fun. We don't sure, have to tell. We let's don't do to, it. We, okay, so we pulled an audible for this week's... Uh, actually, fuck it. Let's just do it. We'll do it in the episode. <laughs> yes. There you go. You'll know when it happens. Yes. We pulled an audible for this week. So there. Let's just listen to it. You'll know what we're talking about. When yes, it you will. All right. <laughs>